shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Give somebody a high five next to you and say, good job. You sure are good looking. Unless you're sitting by, by somebody that you think they're cute and they don't know you think they're cute, and then, then I know that that would be incredibly awkward for you to say that. Or an incredible opportunity for you to tell them what you think. <laughs> ah, all right. Woo. Well, man, I'm sure honored that you guys will be here today. Just uh, want to let you know that we do have um, the podcast up um, from the series in our app, or you can go to the website and you guys can listen if you need to get caught up in the series. Man, I just, I, I've shared this before. I've been so blown away by some of the, the things that I've learned uh, from this psalm, like going back and, and kind of studying things out. And so many times it's just kind of ingrained in us, right? Psalm 23 makes them probably like probably one of the most popular passages, probably at least top five, maybe like number two outside of John 3.16, right, uh, of popular scriptures. And we, we find a lot of encouragement from it. So what we did is we, we dug in a little bit more and we discovered some things. There's, there's a couple of books that I've read and just understanding some things about shepherding and sheep uh, that, that will kind of expose some of these realities to us. But this morning we're on verse 3, and, and the verse says this, He restores my soul, and then it says that He leads me on paths of righteousness. How many of you know that you can't be on a path to righteousness until you're restored? Until you're able to be on that path. And so what the good shepherd does is he restores our soul. So we're going to dig into that today and talk a little bit about what that means. Um, in, in my studies, I've found this, that, that the word uh, cast down. How many of you guys have ever felt cast down before? <laughs> Come on, are you with me? In fact, David said this in Psalm uh, 43, 5. It says, why are you so downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for yet I will praise him, my Savior and my God. So David had these experiences, right, where he would be living life, and then all of a sudden he's just like down. Right, I have a, a thing that I that I call my postpartum depression every Monday. <laughs> you guys know what postpartum depression is when you give birth to a baby. Well, every Sunday I give birth to a baby. Something's been stewing in me all week, and then whenever I preach, I get rid of it. And on Monday morning, I have this thing, and most pastors have this, where they wake up on Monday and they're just empty and they're drained and they just sit there. And so I go back to my little dungeon office back here, and I open my Bible and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm not around anybody, and I and I kind of enter into this cast down thing, right? And I go home, and Leslie's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. My eyes are like, you're just kind of zoned out today. And and so what we could do is we could call that cast down, or an event happens, and we, we feel cast down. Well, that word cast down 
is, is another term that, that would be used for shepherd in their sheep. Sheep would many times get into what's called a cast down position. Now, when we talk about sheep, we're not talking about them getting depressed or discouraged. We're actually talking about a physical thing that can happen to sheep. So we've got some pictures of what a cast down sheep looks like. Okay. Oh, how cute. So we've got this little lamb right here laying on its back. How you guys ever seen like a video game or something where they have the sheep and they're on their back and you got to flip them upside down? You guys ever seen that? That is what that is called when a sheep is in this position. It is called cast. A sheep is cast or a sheep is down cast. So when David borrows this terminology, he's, he's referring, remember, everything that come out, came out of him was from the context of a shepherd. Everything that came out was was understanding things like this. He said, when, why so cast down? Why are you cast down, oh, my soul? How many of you guys have ever felt like that? Well, what happens uh, with the sheep? we got another picture of a sheep right here. And we have the sheep that's not cast down, kind of looking on the other one that's cast down. <laughs> How many of y'all been in both positions before? You're just like, suck it, get up. Right? And how many of y'all been down before and you've been like, I've fallen and I can't get up. Right? I don't know how to get up. And so this is what happens. Sheep are built in such a way, they're kind of top-heavy, right? Right? Sheep are kind of top. You guys have seen top-heavy vehicles before, like those big monster trucks with little wheels, right? Top-heavy vehicles. And so what happens is they actually really can fall and can't get up. And it's called downcast, being downcast sheep. And so what happens, they're built in such a way uh, that that if they have an itch, they try to scratch it, so they lay down and start, you guys have seen dogs, like, well, sheep will kind of try to do that, but they're not as skilled as dogs. We've talked about the intelligent level of sheep, so they'll get down on their back, and they actually can't get up. Now, this doesn't happen all the time when they scratch an itch, but many times this happens. And so what happens is they, they, uh, they, they lay back on their legs in the air, and they start bleeding, right, bleating, like a like, not bleeding, but, and then they cry in a few hours. So what can happen is hours can go by, gas can develop in their stomach, their limbs go numb, they can actually suffocate in this position. It can actually kill sheep. How many of you have ever known somebody that's been killed by being downcast, not being able to get up? And, uh, so how does that happen? How do they get in that position? Well, one way, the most common way is they scratch a niche. Another way is they might slip or fall into a hole or get knocked over or another sheep knock them down. All these different things can happen. Um, I will say this, that it's much easier for an out-of-shape sheep to get downcast than it is a sheep that's in shape. Now, that's not to say that's always the case, but many times it's easier for an out-of-shape, fat, sheep who needs his wool trimmed to get in this position to not be able to get back up. It's just like us, right? Life happens. We get knocked over, right? Someone tips us over. You guys have ever heard of cow tipping? Well, sometimes we've, we've been sheep tipped, right? We are standing there and someone knocked us over and we're there and we're, you know, trying to get the attention of another sheep and sheep can't really help me. What can I do? We suffer loss. We get knocked down. Many times this happens by some form of disappointment, right? We lose a job. We lose a loved one. Somebody hurts us. And so what happens is we get in this position where we get knocked down and we really need some help getting up. Are you with me? And so when disappointment happens, there's kind of three levels that I believe that happens um, 
when we get cast down as, as people, uh, the, the first thing that happens is discouragement, right? Discouragement. And discouragement is like a temporary feeling of disappointment or, or being disheartened resulting from, from a bad turn of events, Right? It could be someone cut you off in traffic and you get discouraged. Right? Some of you, are, it's that easy. Some of you, it's someone says something hurtful or the pastor didn't bring a good word. So you're disappointed. You go home. Or the radio didn't play your favorite song. Right? Or it could just be something more intense. Right? The levels might determine the amount of discouragement. The word discourage is the word dis. Courage, which means to take away. That root word dis, anytime you see that, it means, it means to, to be taken away. So when you feel discouraged, you feel like that your courage has been robbed from you. Right? You're like, I got things I'm supposed to do today. All of a sudden, I can't get motivated. What happened? You've been discouraged. You've been robbed of your courage. Something's dissing on your courage. Right? So you're discouraged. And so what you need is you need to be encouraged, right? And so what happens is we, we go and we just can't function. Again, I, I've shared with you my struggles. Sometimes I get discouraged. Sometimes people being faithful to church and just being real with you as a pastor, they're like, you know, show up or you expect them to show up and they don't show up. And then you get discouraged by that, right? I have different struggles. You have the things that discourage you, right? Your paycheck comes in the mail, you open it up or you look on the bank account and you get discouraged and you need some money to get encouraged. How many guys know what I'm talking about? Or someone lets you down or very real things that we all deal with every day, we will all face discouragement. Are you with me? You will have days. Now, the problem is, is when the moments turn into minutes, and the minutes turn into hours, and hours turn into days, and days turn into weeks, and weeks turn into months, and months turn into years, and the next thing you know, you're old and bitter. Why? Because you weren't ever able to get up. And so we call that, when we can't get up, we call that depression, right? In fact, uh, studies tell us that 9.5 of, of Americans struggle with clinical depression. So if you actually went to a shrink, they would tell you, they would diagnose you as being depressed. That's a high percentage. That's like 1 in 10 people. That means if there's 50 people here this morning five of you, right, are depressed. And that discourages me. Right? Listen, if you battle depression, we're not here to tell you that you've done something wrong or simply tell you to get over it. But there are ways for you to get emotionally healthy. And so I'm not really worried what happened, how did you get here. Some people will tell you, you just got, you got to know how you got there. Right, we gotta we gotta know all the answers before we can start on the road to success. Nah, not necessarily. You just know that you're downcast. Right. You might know why, you might not know why. But listen, as soon as you can start recognizing the reasons to be up, you'll live up. The problem part of the reason why we stay down is we only can think of the reasons that got us there. That's the thing that dominate our mind that dominates our mind. The third way that we get down or we get cast down, and I would even say a third level would be 
disarrayed, being disarrayed. And disarrayed means that we're, we're lost. It means that we don't feel hope, that we can't find our way. So many times when we're in this cast down position like a sheep, we're kicking our legs, we're trying to get up, we, we, we forget where we're at. We forget what we're supposed to do. We, we move into survival mode. Right? How many of you have ever been there? That you're just like, man, if I could just get through another day. Disarrayed, confusion, frustration. You kind of feel like life is on a treadmill. I've felt like that before in my life. Uh, years ago, Leslie and I went through some, some things, and I, that was the exact terminology. I was like, I feel like I'm on a treadmill. Like I'm doing stuff, but I'm not going anywhere. I was disarrayed. And when we're in this position, we can't get up on our own. Right? We can't get up on our own. So what, we'll, what the good shepherd will do is this. A good shepherd will see his sheep in a cast down position. And he'll begin to pick up his sheep and start rubbing his legs until circulation starts getting back in his feet. He'll stand that, stand that sheep back up on his four feet and kind of hold him there until he can regain his balance, maintain his composure. And they actually call this restoring the sheep. This is a terminology that, that shepherds use. They call it restoring the sheep. They were downcast, and now they're restoring. So when David says that, he restores my soul. He's saying, I was broken. I couldn't move. I was helpless. I was disappointed. I was a discouragement. But he restores my soul. So he'll pick him up and he'll start walking with him. He'll start leading him on that path of righteousness. Sometimes he'll put the sheep on a rigorous diet. If he was out of shape, sometimes he'll shear the sheep of, of the wool that has accumulated that has caused him to not be able to get back up. He'll begin to get the, sh- the sheep in a position that he can stand on his own. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness. This is the thing about righteousness. Second Corinthians 5.21 says that God made him who, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See, your righteousness is not about your behavior. Righteousness isn't, now that might be your holiness, but righteousness isn't if you've done good or done bad today. That doesn't determine your righteousness. No, no, no. Your righteousness, Scripture says this, your righteousness is like filthy rags. Now, I'm not going to go into what those rags are, but it's nasty if you want to study that out on your own. Listen, righteousness is not a behavior. Righteousness is a position. It's a position that places us in the right path. So it's in the, 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 the path that God has for you. Out of that, we start living holy. It's a, righteousness is a position, a position that places us in right living. A position that places us so we don't have to be downcast anymore. So God restores us, sets us up on our four feet, and then positions us according to his plan, to his will. However, many times we fall over again, don't we? 
We get right with God. We get things settled. Listen. And then we find ourselves down again. But I believe that you can stay up. I believe you can stay up. I believe you don't have to be discouraged. I believe you don't have to be depressed. I believe that you don't have to feel like you have no hope. I don't think that you ever have to feel that way. God doesn't lead his children to deserts. He might lead you to the wilderness, but he don't lead you to the desert. We talked about that a little bit last week. Psalm 16 verse 7 says, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night season. Why in the night seasons? Because, because in the night, it's a little bit easier, easier to get despondent, isn't it? Right? Loneliness loves a cold, empty, dark room. So does discouragement. So I just do little practical things. So on Mondays, I don't even go in my office. There's no windows. It's dark in there. You know, the lighting isn't real good. I started camping out here on Mondays whenever I do the office thing because I need to get away from that place that might trigger something to discourage me. Right? So the night season. I have set the Lord always before me. That's very key. Always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be moved. Therefore, oh, my heart is glad. And my glory rejoices. My flesh will also rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in the grave, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures for every, evermore. So listen, when you're in the dark season, your heart and the Lord will instruct you. So it's not just the Lord, but you actually have, God has given you a power in your life that you actually have an authority over being downcast. You have an authority over your discouragement. This is what we do. Discouragement happened to me. Now listen, the events might have happened to you. But you, as a born-again child of God, you have authority, maybe not whatever happens to you, but what happens in you. Let me say that again. You, as a born-again, spirit-filled believer, may not have authority to what happens to you, but you have authority of what happens in you. You have that authority. You have, you have the authority to speak to your soul and say, get on up, right? So how do we stay up? Number one, you live close to the good shepherd. You live close to the good shepherd. Some of you, listen, I will tell you right now, some of you in your natural DNA, you have some glitches. And you're more prone to, to despair than I am. I'm, I'm, I'll just shoot real with you. It's okay. Naturally, you're just more prone to those things. I'm not really prone. I, I might get discouraged, but I'm not real. I, I don't know that I've ever been depressed in my life. Like, I've had a few days, but like a pit that I couldn't get out of. And, but some of you might be there. So I'm telling you today, some of you might need to, 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 to put a little bit more effort in living close to the Good Shepherd because you need it. Not because you're so spiritual. Not because you're so disciplined, but because you know you need it. 
In those moments, we need Jesus. We need to recognize that I need to live close to the good shepherd. This is what David was saying. In your presence, the, the scripture we just read, Psalm 1611, in your presence is fullness of joy. Well, where are you going to find joy? You're going to find joy in the presence of the good shepherd. So live close. You need joy in your life? Get closer. He is joy. It's part of his nature. Let him be the one to scratch your itch. Quit trying to scratch it on your own because you're just going to fall over and be jacked up like you were last time. Our tendency when we get, when we experience a downcast state is just lay there and die. (laughs) Things are never going to change. Listen, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching for you. Things are never going to change. This happened and that happened. You become the victim of what happened to you. Our society is so full of this victim mentality that says, this happened to me, so I'm going to live this way. Greater is he that is in you. Come on. What is lay there, let out a few bleeds? Meh. (laughs) Meh. (laughs) Meh. Right? So, live close to the shepherd. Let him scratch your itch. Allow him to trim the wool. Allow him to set your diet. Some of you just need need a better diet. You're out of shape spiritually. That's why you get discouraged all the time. Not everybody, but some of you, you're discouraged all the time because you're out of shape spiritually. I can tell you right now that if I'm feeling discouraged, I can get encouraged in two minutes. I put the right song on. I say, I, I, I get before the Lord. I say, God, well, I'm so downcast. Lord, would you come? Would you fill me with your joy? I start praying in the Spirit, start walking around, get up out of my chair, get up out of your bed, start walking around. I declare the goodness of Jesus. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You start doing things to pump yourself up. You say, Josh, that's just hype. I don't care what it is. I need to get encouraged. I need to be with courage. Again, the thing that had been robbed from me, I want it back. And so until you get like that, don't expect to be encouraged. Just live there. Meh. Get close to the shepherd. We, we hit this scripture last week, but I'm going to hit it again. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. What do heavy burdens do to a sheep? They downcast them. Just like you, just like I. I woke up this morning. Like I do most mornings, I'm like, it's a good day, right? Got enough rest? And I can tell you from the time that I left my house, for 30 minutes after I left my house, got, got a Starbucks, sit down at Starbucks, kind of reviewing my notes. There were opportunities for me to get discouraged. You want me to tell you what it was? Okay, so I'm sitting at Starbucks, and these, there's these three women sitting there. I'm like, oh, good, they're fellowshipping, you know, while thinking positive because I'm like, you know, nothing's like trying to ruin my day yet. And so I'm like real upbeat. I'm like, okay. Hey, everybody. And there's these ladies, and this lady's just like, I can hear her, like, she's she's not like me, and she's like railing on her husband, like, for, I'm talking like 30 minutes, like, there's just two other women there, and they're just listening, I hope she's not here today, Uh, so, uh, and she's just, she's one thing after another, just railing on her husband, I mean, there was a couple of moments I was about to, like, stand up and be like, stand by your man right? I was about to get into that, but I didn't. And so I just, you know, just listened. And that was an opportunity for me to get discouraged, right? And so I can tell you that every day is like that. There's opportunities for you to get discouraged. 
and to carry those heavy burdens. But you don't have to carry those. You don't have to allow those things to be burdened. So I had to shake off like five or six things before I preached this morning. And I did it physically. I was like, I'm not going to be upset about that. Right? And I don't always do a good job at it, just like you. Right? And sometimes you just got to get off of me. We're thinking about that. Think about the Lord. Think about something that makes me happy. Jesus. Think about his presence. So what is the key? The key is coming to him. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. What burdens are you carrying? What is keeping you down? What brings you down? This is what Jesus says. You bring them to me, and I'll give you rest. Let me scratch your itch. Let me trim the wool. Take my yoke. Take what I give upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I hear many people say all the time when they get, like, discouraged, despondent, dis- dismayed, dis- disappointed, all of a sudden, they say, I don't know why the Lord is doing this. <laughs> Week one, devil ministry. That's devil ministry. The Lord isn't trying to make you discouraged to teach you something. Listen, we'll talk about discipline in a couple of weeks. But God isn't putting stuff on you to, God isn't putting you on your back. That isn't, what, that isn't how he rolls. God doesn't roll like that. God releases burdens. He doesn't give burdens. He gives a different kind of burden, right? He gives things that will be, but they're, they're, they're easy burdens. So don't give me, I don't know why the Lord's putting me through this. It's not the Lord. His yoke is easy, his burdens light. So live close to the good shepherd. There might be seasons where you gotta get a little closer. And we always our, our job is always to get closer. It's always to get closer. But sometimes we just gotta dig in a little harder because of what's going on around us. Are you with me? So number one, live close to the good shepherd. Number two, lead your heart. Right? I mean, you just go to like Hobby Lobby or Walmart or something. You know, they got the plaque. Follow your heart. That will get you in trouble. <laughs> Listen, we don't follow our heart. We follow the Lord. And we lead our heart. You lead your heart. You don't follow your heart. You lead it. Right? No matter how redeemed your heart is, <laughs> you don't follow it. You follow the Lord. Because sometimes my heart will tell me to do something contrary to what the Good Shepherd has told me to do. So we don't follow our heart. We follow the Lord. We lead our heart. We lead it. So how do we lead it? We encourage our own heart. Did you know that you have the power to encourage your own heart? First uh, Samuel 30, verse 6, it says this about David. It says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. I, I've prayed this before. I think I've probably prayed it this week. Lord, would you just send somebody into my life to encourage me? <laughs> I mean, I've never been there. Lord, I need some encouragement. That's what David did. It says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. You know what had just happened? Just give you guys a little bit of background. His son, Absalom, betrayed him. They come and threaten to take the kingdom away from David. And you know what he did? He said, go ahead, you can have it. And he walked away. And it says this, that David, some translations say, say this, that David found strength in the Lord. 
But the King James Version says this. It says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. You have that kind of authority in you. We talk about being discouraged, dissing on your courage, but I'm telling you there's another word that's encouraged. That means to cause courage. You can encourage yourself. Sometimes we need the encouragement from others, absolutely. But what I've found that I'm a better encouragement to other people when I'm feeling encouraged myself, and I can't count on anybody else to do it. I ain't going to somebody else's, uh, somebody else's gas station to get some encouragement. I'm going to my own. I got to manage my own courage sometimes. That doesn't mean that we don't need the help from other people because I think we do. But sometimes we've, we've got to exercise the authority that God has given us to encourage ourselves. Listen, you don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to be depressed. It may be chemical. It may be heretical. I mean, hereditary. <laughs> right word. It may be due to an event. But it is not your destiny to be discouraged, to be depressed. It is not your destiny. God didn't call you out. Remember Elijah? I wasn't going to share this, but, but Elijah just like had Carmel, right? You guys know Carmel where he called the fire down from heaven and it came and burned the sacrifice and all the, you know, all the false prophets of Baal that were trying to kill him, they, they all died. And so God just really took care of business that day. So he has the greatest victory, probably the greatest victory of Elijah's life. And it says that he went away alone and he ran for his life. And he's like, I'm all alone. I'm, and I'm looking at it going, well, you're all alone because you chose to go out there by yourself. And he's like, God, what are you doing? Well, I'm just going to die if you could just take my life. Like he starts praying like stuff like that. If I could just die here. <laughs> Come on, man. Encourage yourself in the Lord. <laughs> prophet. Come on, prophet, encourage yourself in the Lord. So God shows up and he says, eat. Right? God gives him an assignment. So many times we're, we're discouraged because we don't have an assignment. We don't have any direction. So it's not your destiny to be, listen, you're, you will face discouragement at points. Sometimes you will have to deal with it. But deal with it. Yeah. Don't let it continue. Don't let it rule you. Deal with it. You got this. So so there's a couple of ways, real quick. Number one, you can dig into the Word. Dig into your Bible. You've got that Bible. And don't, don't read like, you know, Leviticus when you need encouragement. Yeah. <laughs> right? Don't read Job when you need encouragement. Right? Crack open Psalms. Right? Come on, pray some of those prayers. Listen, you don't just need to read your Bible. You need to know how to read your Bible. You need to know what to read, right, at, at whatever point you're in. But read it, learn it, memorize it, speak it. Know what God says about you. Know what God says about your circumstances. Know, know about what God says about the greater reality. Number two, speak to your soul. Well, you can't speak to your soul if you don't know what to speak. So you know the Word. The Word says the joy of the Lord is your strength, Right? And so you speak that to your soul. All right. Now, here, here's, here's, here's David. Why so downcast, oh, my soul? What is he doing? Speaking to his soul. Why? Why are you acting like this? Have you ever done that? You talk to yourself. I know you do it in your head, but have you ever done it, like, verbally? I've done that before. I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> right? I'm t- Am I the only one? Okay, maybe I need a psychiatrist. Okay. So I'm like, man, come on. Come on, Josh Brown. Get it together. I choose joy. Jesus died for me. 
Like, for real. Like, God loves me. God knows my name. God picked me to do certain things. What? Yeah. This is unreal. Right? Start speaking to your soul. Put your hope in God. Number three, choose joy. Listen, misery will always have a reason, but so does joy. Which reason will you allow to dominate your reality? So what reason will dominate your reality? Where you're at, where you're living, what reason will dominate that? This happened to me. I'm feeling this way. They did this. I was raised this way. This happened. Or this happened. Jesus, the king of heaven and earth, came and died on a blood-stained cross to rescue my soul and to restore me and to get me back up on my feet. What reality will you walk in? There will always be a reason for misery, but there will always be a a reason for rejoicing. Which reality will we live in? The choice is up to us. It really is. I'm not saying that it might be harder for some of you. I'm sure it will. So get some help. When I say get some help, I'm not talking about going and spend a bunch of money on a shrink. I'm not saying that that might not be necessary at some point. But I believe that God will be your greatest encouragement, not a pill that you take. Come on. Not a better job, not more money. None of those things will bring joy to you. They may bring temporary relief for a few minutes, but I'm talking about something permanent that happens inside of you. That something temporary cannot shake. Woo. Isaiah 53. Love this. This is a reason to rejoice right here. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with, with grief. You know, one of the great things about Jesus is he's felt like I'm feeling. Jesus got discouraged. Do you know that? It says that he was a man of sorrows. But check it out. The next verse, verse 4, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. You don't have to carry the sorrow anymore. You don't have to carry the discouragement anymore. You don't have to carry the depression anymore. Jesus carried it for you. He carried it for you. That is the greater reality. That is the greater reality. Allow it to dominate your life. Start declaring it. Start believing it. Memorize Isaiah 54.3 and verse 4. Memorize that and say when you start feeling discouraged, when you start feeling depressed, just say, He carried it. He carried my sorrow. Start pacing around. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm above and not beneath. I am more than a conqueror by Christ Jesus. God loves me. Me. Sucker. So, what you thinking up in there? Right? Listen, (laughs) you don't ever do that? I do, man. I, I, I will. Sometimes I'm like, what, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, Am I the only one? I already asked that. I am the only one. Okay. I do, man, all the time. I'm like, what's wrong with you? You do. I, th- I think I can recommend you, Pastor, to the guy, talk to a friend of mine. Okay. Listen, stop talking about your condition and start declaring your destiny. Depression has got to go. It's illegal for that to be in you. You are righteous righteous, the righteousness of God. 
You deserve joy. You deserve joy. If you didn't, he wouldn't have bought it for you. You deserve it. Now listen, don't get into this, God just wants me to be happy. I deserve to be happy so I can live however you want. That's not joy, bro. Joy comes from righteousness. That might be momentary. That might make you happy for a few minutes. Number three. Number one, live close to the good shepherd. Number two, lead your heart. Number three, stay close to the flock. Listen, for some reason, we get discouraged. We kind of like shut everybody out, right? We go into a room. We go off. We go, I need to be by myself. Listen, let me tell you, the the worst place for you to be when you're discouraged is alone. It's the worst place. In fact, being alone will keep you there. Being alone will keep you there. Um, Part of the shepherd's concern when a sheep would wander off, is that he would get in this downcast position. So what would happen is the shepherd's going, where's Josh at? Ooh, I don't see him. Why is he freaking out? Well, he could be getting attacked by wolves or bears or lions, or he could just fall down. And he could get on his back, and he could suffocate. Listen, the good shepherd has never... And we, we talked about this last week. Only lost sheep travel alone. Only lost sheep travel alone. The good shepherd is interested in you being in the flock, tied into the flock. And I'm not going to hammer this with you, but listen, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. For some reason, church, fellowship with other believers always is the first thing to get knocked off our schedule. What are we thinking? Listen, it's not like, I mean, me as a pastor, I'm like, I want people to be there all the time. Like, I have this thing. But it's like more than that. It's like, I I know that you need church. When I say church, I'm not talking about the service. I'm talking about the people. Right? You need to be around other believers that that believe some real close to the same things that you believe. People that can run with a purpose with you. You need that. You need that commitment in your life because... It, for, for two reasons. Number one, you might get discouraged. And number two, they might get discouraged. Yeah. Hebrews 10, 24 says this, let us think of ways to motivate one another. Yeah. What can I do to motivate one another? To acts of love and good deeds. One, one translation says, spur one another on. Look, a cowboy spurs his horse. Let's think of how I spur one another on. But do not neglect our meeting together as some people do, or, or I believe the King James Version says as some of the, are in the habit of doing. But encourage one another, especially now as you see his return is drawing near. Will you come up, Haley? So I'm just telling you, I, I see it all the time when people get it. I'm like, where you been? Oh, man, I've just been going through a hard time. That's the time to, like, dig into fellowship. That's the time to get with other believers because they need to encourage you, and you need to encourage them. We all need encouragement sometimes, so God puts us together so we can help one another, right? Amen. You good? I'm going to read this scripture as we, as we close up today. 
Isaiah 40. Now listen, I, I really hope today that you didn't take any of the words I said. If you, if you battle depression, if you battle discouragement, listen, I don't want you to, to feel like today that, that I'm beating you over the head. We, this is, that is not our intent. My intent is this, is it is not your destiny to be that way. That there is more to life than, than, than feeling like that. That God wants to restore you. He wants to put you up. He wants to set you on the path of righteousness. You think God is depressed? I think some people think God is. He's up in heaven depressed. Look how bad the world is. If I could only do something. He did do something. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to rescue a ransom world, to rescue a world that was ran off, all alone, discouraged, dying. He said, I'll, I'll go. I'll send the lamb. He'll be downcast and die so no one ever has to be there again. Isaiah 40. Have you not heard... Have you not understood? Do you not get it? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. He never gets discouraged. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Father, we thank you today that you give strength, power to the weak, and strength to the powerless. Lord, when we are in despair, when we can't make it on our own, Lord, you give us strength. You empower us by your spirit. Even youth will become weak and tired, and young men will fall into exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles and they will run and not grow weary and they will walk and they will not faint. They will walk in paths of righteousness. I love Isaiah 40, 31, what we just read, that those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings. I, I preached this one time, and a woman came up to me after the service, and she said, you know what that scripture means, right? And I was like, no. She said, well, what would happen with an eagle is when an eagle would get old and tired, what he would do is he would go out into the middle of the desert or in an open, unshaded place and just lie there. And allow the sun to penetrate his body. And as he did that, the sun would empower strength within that eagle. And he would stand up on his feet. And he'd start running a little bit. And he'd start running a little bit faster. And he might only have one more flight left in him. But he's running a little bit faster. And then he begins to flap those wings again. That which was dead is coming alive. And he begins to soar like wings, like the eagle he is. Listen, today, I believe Jesus wants to restore your soul just like that. He wants to renew your faith in him. He wants to renew that hope in, in, in you. He wants to get rid of all that discouragement, all that despair.